okay, let it be known. I'm working hard when I ain't on the phone. This ain't a hunt, this ain't a phone. Grind never stopping, I'm keeping it cold. Unlocking the door with the holy key. You're supposed to be this close to me. Let's start with a question. Biggest issue in MMA right now. In order. Weight cutting. Drug testing. And judging. Oh man, uh, for me the biggest has to be uh, judging. Um, it's There's already so many variables going into fighting, but having to uh, try to wonder what the score is going into rounds is uh, is very difficult. As as far as the the drug testing goes, I feel like that's number two. Um, it's almost like being on probation, having to tell these people like when you're traveling, where you're going. Um, you know, every time, every time you do anything, you have to let. These... So are you against that? I'm I'm not necessarily against it. I just the process is is weird. I've I've never been on probation before, but it's like I feel almost like a, like <laughs> that's a criminal. Good. That's good. You never been on probation. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. But I feel like you know I have to like let these people know <coughs> when I'm going somewhere. I I just I don't know. It's it's weird to me. I and also like I'll let them know. I've let them know before, and then they've showed up at the gym to drug test me yeah. after me emailing like I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah, and then I'll get a miss over it. You know, it's uh, they did like a beta testing on one uh, on uh, with you. Usada did this at one point where they used a, a tracker on your phone, and you didn't have to update your whereabouts because it tracked where you were. That's and that's kind of like that's cool because I don't care. I don't have anything to hide, obviously, but it's also kind of scary that these motherfuckers know where you're at twenty four seven too. As far as for ease goes, I love that. I love yeah. not having to deal with it. And like you said, if you got nothing to hide, you get one privilege to you lose one privilege to gain another. Yeah, and for me, I'll take that because I'm I'm lazy and like you yeah. said, I. They're going to know where we're at anyway, because we have to tell them. Uh, but again, like their ability to do that is, that is scary. Um, but for, for me, the, the, the last of those problems would be the weight cut. Uh, that is strictly um, between the camps and the fighters and, yep. and totally on me. I have everything to do with it. If I miss weight, if I make weight, that's, that's yep. all on me. So and you've really locked that in the last shoot. I mean, I'm a dude. I remember when we started going together, you were going into fight weeks, like you were starting camp at like 155, 160, and you were going into fight weeks at like 40, 45 sometimes. The Canada fight, uh, I came in on Monday at 52. Oof. And we made it, we made it at 35. And that, that 25. was, go, like looking back on it, there, there was, I, we just had a very old school mentality back then. It was just kind of like, I don't want to say it was what you did, but it was, it wasn't, like if that were to happen now, I would have pulled you light years before that well, like you did the shit you were puking up was just it was like a green i can't even describe it it was like a green mucusy and like we're talking if you were to fight what happened is our, our opponent missed weight right it didn't even make weight yeah, never showed never even showed us weight yeah. so far but like you you did not sleep a second that night not one second and the stuff that you were puking up was like it, like it wasn't like a full throw up, but it was like a green mucusy acidic stomach acid. It was that's I mean that's the best way to describe it. And you were in no shape to even do anything, let alone fist fight somebody the next day. Well, and that was like right when they started the IV ban. So before that, we would cut weight shitty, and then we'd be like puking, IV, yeah. and then we go get an IV. Yep. Be like, all right, we're better. Well, now you can't do that. So I think we lucked in. I say we lucked in. Me not having to fight that guy was probably a blessing, and 100%. that happening to me. I mean, I have PTSD. Every weight cut I have now, even though they're easy, I've, yeah. I was 137 after practice today. I'm weeks yeah. out from my fight. But I have, going into fight week, PTSD, I start losing weight early because I'm like, oh, I don't want to do. run into that again. I've always been like that. It always just scares the shit out of me. Like, and I've never missed weight, you know? Uh, it's it's uh, it's crazy. So we go, go back to the judging real quick. I'm, I'm assuming you had home beating Vera? 
did uh Ken Kellen Beer did yes, you watch that fight? Yes, yeah. yes. Um and again, it's it's just one of those things where whether I had her winning or not, it's nobody knows. And that's yeah. the, that's the scary thing. It's like and I think it's one of those things where they do it because in my situation where I thought I was up two rounds and then I chilled in the third, well, then it lost me the fight. Yeah. And there's, I think the logic is, well, if I know I'm up two rounds, I'm going to chill in the third. But in reality is I knew we were one and one. I would have been, yeah. you know. The, so the, you're four open scoring then? Something, something different. The criteria that we have with, with boxing scoring, you know, with only three and five rounds, it's not enough. There's not enough rounds for that criteria for, to make sense really. If we were fighting 13 rounds, then maybe the 10-point system would make sense. But the amount of time that we have, um, there, there has to be a, an MMA scoring system that we can have. Yeah, J Jimmy and I talked about this on the show yesterday. Like, that for me, that in order to make a rule change, the, the problem with this is we're dealing with the government here. Like, this is an athletic commission of 50 different states just in the U.S. alone, <laughs> right? And, like, the, the, so people don't understand that, like, you have to get 50 governments – Right, because each state has its own athletic commission. You have they to have their own governing body, each state. Correct. And you have to get 50 different governments to say, hey, this is a priority. <laughs> let's, like, you don't have a more important shit to deal with. Let's, uh, let's all get together and unify these rules. They're like, fuck, fuck you. We have way more important stuff well, going especially on. when they already have a criteria hammered out with the boxing scoring. 100%. And it's, it's just outdated would be the, the best word to describe. So if you're not going to fix the scoring, I understand that it's extremely difficult to fix the scoring judging there's a bunch of bunch of flaws in our in our sport if you're going to continue to allow that happen at least fucking tell me who's winning and losing yeah that's my opinion well then you're held uh, you're held accountable a little bit people know what you're saying as you're saying it they, 100%. they can i don't know you need I, to attach a picture to the to the number if i say hey that person won i, I show that guy yeah. you know what i mean show that face and like be held accountable you're held accountable on saturday night 100 you know what i mean i'm held accountable uh Dana White is held accountable by putting on a good show. The referees. the referees are held accountable. Every single person in that organization from the fighters to the promoter to the coaches are held accountable except the judges. And that's my only issue with that. Yeah. Well, and also I think they, if the judges are going to be there watching, they shouldn't be able to have their phones. They should be in a soundproof box. They should be watching it on a screen where they can't hear you coaching your yeah. guy and Joe Rogan, 100%. you know, yelling, whooping and hollering like that should be, it's, People are easily swayed by that. I, I for sure am. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm guilty of it as well, but I'm not a judge, and that's a that's a tough position to be put in. But there's there are better ways. But we're gonna have to do something. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I don't want to spend a, a ton of time talking about MMA because I want to dive into the to the the good stuff about you. But uh, June 25th is the last thing we'll talk about on this, and then we'll kind of move on. June 25th, you have uh, Amir Albazi, and I, I'll say this before I let you dive into that. You're one of the very few people, and I've talked about this on an Instagram post, is your personality. Uh, maybe if we have time, we'll, we'll dive into that here in a little bit. But I, the one thing that I've seen from you is like, you're still getting better. Like your performance against Tagir was, honestly, I thought it was your best performance to date. I, I thought it was the first time that, you know, it's easy for me to say this too because I'm, I'm coaching you, but it was the first time, if I remove myself from this, it was the first time that I felt like, the fight IQ that you used really made a difference in a fight. And you, you were locked into that, like decision-making, uh, making good, smart decisions in there that were leading you down the path that you needed to be, uh, to, to win that fight. And that was the first time that I'd ever really noticed that. Cause normally you're just like, yo, I'm going to press this guy and I'm going to physically, I'm going to grab you and I'm going to move you to whereas 
this time I feel like you used your brain to, to win this fight. Well, it's just one of those things like going from here to Las Vegas and then being in Las Vegas and having a, you know, a coach and Robert Follis, like everything was laid out for me. Everything was very technical. Um, you know, when I was resting, when I was training, what I was doing, I literally, I was just a soldier. I, I didn't have to think about anything, just show up and do what I was told. And then whenever he passed away, the camp changed where like guys were looking at me to figure out where the practices were yeah. and who's running strength and conditioning. And then it was just hard work because I don't know that I don't have the technical skills to build a game plan, especially not for myself, but especially not for a group of other guys. It was just work, 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 work. And then I noticed like these younger guys are of course are going to outwork me. Like I'm never going to be able to put in the work that, you know, Brandon Moreno is going to be, sure. but he's younger than I am. He's, He's, you know, more athletic. Like he recovers he's, faster. He's, yeah. yeah. So like it was going to take, you know, really being able to, to de develop a game plan to beat particular guys. And and I wasn't doing that. I was just training hard yeah. and had no way or rhyme or reason to beat anybody. And then as soon as I came to Kansas City and then we had like six days for Benoit, I was worried about that fight because him and I had sparred before. And sure. he, had, he had dropped me both times we sparred with body shots. So like that was in the back of my mind. But at that time, again, I was just training hard. There was no developing yeah. a plan to beat this guy. And like now, it's uh, it's easy for me to learn, and and I'm I'm eager to learn because I, I know I'm not going to catch these guys with with hard work. Like yeah. I just can't. And that used to be that used to be our thing back in the day. Yeah. Just outwork the guy. Yeah, and I think it could because you were we were younger then. Yeah, right? yeah you could get away sure. with it. So, uh, you have uh, Amir Abazi. What do you do? You feel like the? Do you feel like? the physicality or do you feel like your IQ is going to make the difference? Um, you know, obviously you think you're going to win the fight. You know yeah, I mean? for sure. I feel like it's a good matchup. And, uh, after watching his, uh, you know, fight with Shorty Torres, Shorty pressed him and stayed yep. in his face and kind of, uh, punked his, his, uh, striking a little bit. And so I feel like I could go that way, but honestly, man, I'm, I'm done with the, trying to do the, you know, the go too hard and yeah. grind and press. I want to, I want to look good while I'm, while I'm winning. Yep. And, Again, there was some negative things in the Tigir fight, but while I was fighting, like I felt like I was never in any danger, like he couldn't hurt me. And and honestly, I feel like Tigir's a, a better version of of Amir. Yeah, I mean they they definitely pose a different threat. But as far as like the Tigir fight, I don't uh in the third round, you know, you got some trouble. But I think, man, you're fighting high level guys. It's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like anybody, especially the one twenty five division, man, I'm so glad that uh I'm so glad that that division got saved because honestly, it's one of my favorite divisions to watch now. And, uh, there's not any fat in that division at all anymore. Like well, there's no, there's no easy fights there anymore. Well, they got rid of with those guys. And not only that, they got rid of some, some really good some guys. Hammers Torres, like, shorty Torres is yeah, a great example. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck he's not signed. Jared Brooks. There's a bunch of guys that are Brooks. Brooks. I can understand. He's, he's skilled, but he's not the most exciting guy. Right. Torres is exciting. He's a hammer. He's Dangerous. good. Like, I don't know why I don't, I personally don't understand why he's not signed there. He's, he's better than a lot of guys that are on the roster. I right agree. Now. And he poses that big danger factor. And that's something I look at now with the flyweights and, and me being older, my father and I just talked about this. He's like, the older guys can't compete at flyweight because the first thing that goes is their fast twitch. Yep. But like, I never really had that. So like I had yep. to figure it out without having that early on. And like now, if anything, my fast twitch muscles are as good as they have ever been, you know, like, and it, part of it is it's coming with the fight IQ. I'm not yep. trying to punch faster. We're doing half beat stuff, unloading our shoulders yep. and punching. It's, it's adapting to my old body. 
we we talked about this a little bit in the uh, in the personality stuff. Like your personality would be that of somebody that's uh, fine motor skilled, and you know I I nerd out about this stuff. But uh, Tim is kind of an anomaly in the sense that he's a he's a fine motor skilled athlete that has been doing a gross motor skill sport his entire life with in wrestling, right? So like typically one of my athletes is like, you're either one or the other. And the best way I can explain it to you guys at home, uh, from a, from an MMA stance is gross motor skill people, uh, like gross motor skill people is like, I'm going to grab you and I'm going to move you wherever I want you Fine motor skill. People are, I'm going to move around you. Like you're not going to touch me. Right. And I'm, I'm extremely fine motor skilled. I'm, I'm the elusive. And then there's other guys that are going to be, you know, like Gina is extremely gross. Motor right. She's going to get her hands on Isaac. you and, and Isaac. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're both. And that's, I don't know if I have another athlete that I kind of, it's hard for me to tell which one you are. You know what I mean? Your personality would lean you towards a fine motor skill. Uh, but you're, you're, like I said, you've been doing a gross motor skill sport your entire life. So you're really good at both. And that's, uh, that's one of the things that I feel like the, when I hear people watch you fight, it's like, he's, he's just this, he's just that, he's this, this. But you're one of those guys that the it's it's just different when you get in there with you. The feel is different. You know what I mean? You're stronger. You're faster. You're more elusive. And the only thing I can I've said this I've been saying this for years. There's only one Tim Elliott, and I don't say that about anybody else. But there's only one Tim Elliott. And when you get in there with you, it's just different. It's it's just, that's the best way. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it at home. But I'll take it. Yeah. Um. Let's, let's, let's kind of steer out of this. Uh, you're getting married, getting married, um, October 28th here in Lee summit, Missouri to uh, fellow UFC flyweight Gina danger Mazzani, or at least as of now still. Yeah. Still. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Uh, what? So that Gina is like a super, super sweetheart. And uh, both of you guys lean towards the, the emotional side of things. And you guys are a great couple, obviously, but, I feel like knowing you for the years that I have, there's, especially with your daughter, there's have to, there has been some like adjustments along the way, you know? So like, what are the, I guess like, what are the, what are the biggest adjustments that you feel like you've had to have made to, to, to make that relationship work? Oh man, the, the, it's been a, an astronomical adjustment, but you got to think when I, I left here in Kansas city four or five years ago, uh, taking my daughter with me to Las Vegas, just me, my father and my two year old daughter. So like, she lived, my two-year-old daughter lived with me, my dad, and three other fighters in, La, in a fighter house in Las Vegas. So, uh, I mean, not just her. We were all like running around with no shirts on, yeah. dirty, you know, living in a, a Vegas dirt yard. We just had <laughs> a shack, you know, yeah. in, in the desert in Las Vegas. Um, and then, you know, Gina comes around and typically not my, I don't want to say not my type of person looks wise for sure, but like uh, she's... Uh, she She's requires, a sweetheart. She, she, she <laughs> is, a sweetheart. but she also requires a lot of, she, she gives, she gives, she's so giving, she's so caring. She's very nurturing. Like she's a, she's a, she tries to take care of everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my dad's in town, she's cooking, she's clean. Like that's just her. Um, but with that comes a lot of, like you said, emotional baggage, which is great, but I'm such an emotional person. Yeah. Like it's, it's very hard for like, like you said, my react to everything with emotions first without yeah. thinking about it. So having two people living together and in a relationship like yeah. that, you know, it can be, uh, it can be a lot, but at the same time, like, I think that's why we're so great for each other is like, whenever I really need her, she's there and, and vice versa. And although we are similar in that emotional standpoint, we're also very, very different in a lot of other ways. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You guys are you guys are both uh, both you guys operate off of emotion quite a bit, and it's because both you guys are. I, I feel like it's almost. Uh, I've, I've obviously I've known you for years, so it's easier for me to say this. Like it's ten times easier for you to 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 talk about somebody else to do for other people to to, to basically uh, deflect for others than it is for yourself. And I feel like Gina is the same way. So uh, you know, I, I, obviously, I can imagine that uh you know fight camps and stuff like that can get a little dicey and emotional because that's just it's just an emotional time for any fighter to be honest with you but uh you guys you guys have a, a an interesting dynamic man and it's it's been it's been really cool i, I don't want to say i don't want to use the term grow up but like you've you've changed quite a bit uh, a little you know a little bit when i shouldn't say a little bit a lot of bit whenever sterling was born obviously and then whenever gina came along i feel like she kind of like domesticated you i guess would be the for sure. Well, the, the, the dad role came so easy because like, didn't want to be a dad really, especially didn't, it's going to sound bad, but didn't want to have a girl daughter. Yeah. That was an issue. And then, you know, obviously as soon as she was born, everything changed. And then I started really living for her, but then that wasn't good either. I was a, you know, a 30 something year old man, just like catering my whole entire life to a, a infant two year old. And like, yeah. She was getting fed good and everything was taken care of. And then like at the end of the day, I was like, oh, shit, I haven't eaten all day. I'm eating her leftover yeah. scraps. And like that, that's a terrible way to to try to like find as a father, but you can't make money doing that. Like you, it's hard to be a professional yeah. athlete eating like that. And like Gina came in the picture and like she, she solved all that mm -hmm. cooking, cleaning, helping, you know, be a mom, not just to, to Sterling, but also I had my dad staying with me and, you know, three other fighters and, you know, Fighters don't have no freaking money. And They're savages, no, no bro. No cars. Like it's They're savages, man. And it's like a lot. This is what a lot of people don't understand is like uh, domesticated is the best word that I can use is like some of these guys are like grown ass kids. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. I don't know about in your situation specifically. And, and I just I obviously I coach, you know, 40, 50 guys. So it's like some of these guys just they don't uh, you know, they just don't understand. They, they don't get it. They've never had anybody like Gina to kind of like domesticate you to, to show you the way of like, Hey, don't be such a fucking mongrel with, the, you know what I mean? Like it's just, uh, it makes life a lot easier, but some of these guys just don't, they don't uh, ever grow up. It seems like, you know, but in, in the other sense, like guys at our gym are lucky because they get something that we never had. Like they don't have to grow up as much because they got a gym full of UFC guys. When you yeah. and I first started out, it was me, you, Zach Cummings, yeah. you know, trying to figure out, you know, what the fuck. All three doing. different weight classes. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, and like with these guys now, it's like, it's easy for us to nitpick at, you know, them, what they're doing because they're at such a high level with training. But it's like, you were like, oh, how you do anything is how you do everything. It's like, you can't try to be a world champion and then driving up here with your car and not having yeah. tags, you know. Yeah. But now these kids, they can because they're in there training with world champions. Like yeah. you can live with your mom and, and have a busted ass car and, and make it now. Like, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I specifically remember whenever, uh, whenever you came to the gym, like we started training together. And then obviously like I've talked about this before, how this, I, I, it pissed me off that this little guy could just take me down at will. But <laughs> so, so we kind of helped each other, right? Like we, we helped each other. You helped me with the wrestling. I helped you with the striking. And it, it worked out well, but I don't know if I've ever told you this. Maybe I have, but for me, before you came to the gym, like being in the UFC was something that I always thought that I would have, you know what I mean? Like I knew that I, I belonged there and I knew that that skill, like I knew I would get there, but it really wasn't something tangible. 
like I, I, you know, I'd known guys uh, like like Rob Kimmins was the first guy in the Kansas Rose City. To, yeah, the Rosedale Reaper, the first guy in Kansas City to get a win in the UFC. Uh, Curtis Stout was the first guy to fight in the UFC. I think he fought. Uh, I know he fought Anderson Silva. I don't know if that was in the UFC. I don't think it was, but first guy in the in the UFC, and then Rob Kimmins was the first one to win in the UFC. So standing guillotine bonus. <laughs> yeah, and I I was a training partner for Rob, so like I was a part of that process. But after after he left like there was nobody like I didn't have anybody it wasn't like we didn't have you know now we got Iridium that managed us and it's just it's so these guys have over 100 athletes in the UFC so it's like it's you know it's it's so much easier to uh it's real you know it's real like I can I can name you guys that got signed last month and the month before that it's very real but then I just didn't know anybody that was getting signed and like it was it was something that I knew would happen I just it wasn't tangible and then at the time they were trying to build that flyweight division and you were just ripping through everybody on RFA, which is kind of how we met. Yeah. Right. And we'll dive into that here in a second. But like what you getting signed to the UFC, you got signed to fight John Dotson. I think you made like 4,000 and 4,000. Six and six, but six and I had six. to pay for my own medicals and I lost. So I, I walked away with three grand. <laughs> he was the number one guy in the world. He just knocked he out was. TJ. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was, he was murdering people. And that fight was super entertaining. And that fight was before they had the tournament of flyweight guys. Yep. So this was before there was even really a, this is one of the first flyweight fights. In it the was, division. Yeah. it was. And it was just, but it, I just remember that day. I remember it very, very vividly. Uh, it, it, there was like a light bulb, like somebody literally went over the wall and flipped the switch to me. It's like, dude, not only is this real, this is tangible for me. Like my friend that is literally, I mean, at the time, it's crazy to say this now, but you were my main training partner. We were the only ones, I think we were the only ones in Kansas City that were like, hey, yo guys, we're doing this twice a day, every day. You know what I mean? Like, like real MMA practice. We're like, really Training doing to win this. fights. Yes. Yeah. Like we're really doing that. You guys, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're, we're really doing this every day, twice a day we're doing strength conditioning, you know, we're living the life and everybody thought we were fucking batshit crazy, but we both knew what we wanted. But as soon as you got signed in my head, I was like, this is real. I can do this, you know? And it, and I don't know if you know this or not, but it was a really big deal to me. And, uh, I drew a lot of inspiration from it because it was, it became, it became very real to me that I was able to get there next to my guy that was already there, you know, like I, this, my main training partner is there. He's there right now. And I'm going to go with him to this fight. And not only he's fighting the number one guy in the world. Now this is very real to me and I can do this. Well, it was viable for all of us at that point, because at the time it was like, I was coming there to learn from you and Zach. So for me be, to be the guy that like got in and then to have a, like, obviously I, I fought a good fight, but I fought way out of my league on that fight. Like we, when I say we, I wasn't prepared to be signed by the UFC. I was really immature at that time as a person and as a fighter, even though I wasn't a young guy, it was just something that we had to take the opportunity because yeah. it was there. You can't say no. At that point, you couldn't say no. Well, it's different now. It's like, we have options. We have guys calling yeah. us. Do we have a guy? Do we need yes. a guy? Do you want a guy? At that time, it was, they call you, you come you, running. Yep. Doesn't matter. What or the, you're not getting called again. No. no you're not getting called again. They'll ruin you. Yeah. They, they don't need you. Yep. Yeah. And that, and that's, it's, man, it's crazy. The guys, like the newer guys don't understand how much different the scenery is, even from five years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even from five years ago. Like, I know, I know whenever, uh, whenever they called you, like, dude, I remember Bellator called me and I cut, what was it, 33 pounds in five days or some crazy shit like that. Almost died. Almost had kidney failure. This stupid shit like that. We would just do dumb shit that was not smart at all uh it's the scenery has changed a lot you just said it best we have options now what have and tyler having tyler mitten at, at the even when tyler first got started with us it was well then it was me you and zach 
trying to make it. And yep. then Tyler, who didn't know shit, also trying to make it. Yep. And now, like, everything is different for us and everything is different for him. But He's crushing it. Crushing it. Well, and even, like, dude, the fact that he got Gina down to 125 pounds with, with... She's a big girl. Yeah, man. And, like, but you can see her change. Like, even if she wasn't a big girl and it was just a fitness thing. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I know the, the girls watching <laughs> and be like, yo, what the hell? I mean, she's got, like... We like him big. As an athlete, I can, I'm her coach, so I can say that she's got a big butt, big legs. She's not, like... She's she's built. She's jacked. And she's dense, dense she's too. not soft. No, no. She's cut. And if you ever if you ever see it, like uh, I'm sure we just we shoot a, uh, a a clip of her at at weigh and she is fucking shredded, man. When and you can see the difference, like her at 35 <laughs> and then her at 25, she doesn't look bad at 25. She looks better at 25 because she had a real yes. diet plan. Everything was weighed out. And like, granted, her weight cut was a lot more. And it's, for her weight cut is different. Like me, I can. I'm knocking it all out in a week and it sucks for a week. Yeah. Gina's and what Gina and Tyler Minton do is 15 it's weeks of measuring every fucking thing you eat, everything you drink, all your sugar, your sodium, like macros. And like this, our fridge is covered with charts and shit. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I love fighting. Uh, I don't I'm, love it that much. I, and I'm getting paid decent. Finally, yeah. not worth it. No, Wouldn't do it. I'm but dude, he was, if I he do was doing some crazy shit. Uh, Tyler was, I mean, he was getting me to 155. I never even came close. He was, I never came close to missing weight ever. He was getting you to 125. He was getting Zach to 170. And we're talking about, I remember when I fought uh, Masvidal, I cut from 178 to 155 in uh, less than 24 hours. And I've seen you do similar cuts regularly. Uh, Zach, similar cut, more maybe from Zach. And his way is, and that's the thing is like, not that he's, it's not a good thing, but Zach to be able to lose 50, 60 pounds in a. I don't know how he ever made 170. Yeah. Insane. And like, but he fought at 205 and has he fought at heavyweight? Yeah. I think he's, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> and can compete with those guys. 100% he can. 100% he can. But the dude, like you, you said it best though, Tyler was doing some, some really big cuts back then. And I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to, he's told me about it. Tyler and I are really good friends, but dude, he's meeting with a like extremely, extremely, extremely high level basketball player about doing this guy's uh, nutrition and like, He's doing some big boy shit right now. Like, so I, and I'm super proud of him. Like we, you know, it's, it's cool because we've all kind of grown together. You know what I mean? Like we, we really have. Like, well, and I know that he's growing as well, not just like financially and portfolio wise, but what he's doing is getting better than when we first started because now my weight cuts are so much easier. hundred like, percent. And obviously it's easier for me because Gina's making all my meals, but my shit is so easy now. <laughs> I'm 36 years old. My weight cuts are so easy. Like yeah. if, if the fight was based on the weight cut, I beat everybody. Yeah. Like my weight cut is, is it's on easy point. now. It's yeah, like, it's easy. I mean, there's really, you're doing, I think the last two times we've done one session and been done. Been, yeah. And but like, you also lose weight like any other person I've ever saw before. But so again, though, like I can't do like Grant and those guys and even Gina. Like, yeah. I'm, I hit a certain point and I'm like, I don't like that. That 125 wall is about the limit for me. So. Oh yeah. It's not, when you get there, it's not, I mean, you're not in a great spot, yeah. but it's not hard to get you there. You I'm just cool lose until weight the morning so fast. Of. Yeah. I'm cool until the, mor yeah. the morning of is, is a struggle, but that's for everybody's going to run into that. Well, if you're cutting any amount of weight, it's never going to be fun. Yes. But dude, Tyler, Tyler is, uh, he's still, he's helping a ton of athletes. He's grown uh, quite a bit. I mean, I know he, he helped Khabib, he was helping Cormier, uh, and now I'm telling you, I, like, I don't want to name the, the, the NBA player's name. Cause I'm not sure if, if I can, but dude, he's a high level guy, like well, the, high level. The thing I really like about that is, is then now we're branching out from, cause before when we were working with Tyler, it was just make weight. Yep. Now it's about nutrition yep. and health. And for me, like making weight at 125, like I know I can do it. 
but can I do it and compete on Saturday? Like now yeah. I feel good doing it. Like, yeah. And I think that's part of like, wow, my, why everything is getting better. Like my, my, my skill, my cardio, my technique, everything is getting better is, is a lot of it's based on the nutrition and the diet because I have the energy to go because like I'm eating good foods and I'm not, you know, we're not just counting calories like we used to. hundred percent. Uh, let's talk about your pops a little bit, man. He's uh, how long has he been back now? A couple months. Yeah. I mean, he, he comes and goes, he's, uh, he's staying with my grandma now. She's got cancer. So he's, he, but again, he, from the moment, he's like the team mascot, bro. Yeah. He's super cool to have in the room, man. He it, like, and I can't, well, I don't know if I've told you this or not, dude, he convinced me that I could beat Sam Stout. Like I took that fight on 16 days notice and I was nervous as shit because at the time Sam Stout was a fucking hammer. Eight time fight of the night winner hadn't been finished in like eight or nine years in Canada and in Canada in his hometown. And, and your dad just every day told me like, not only was I going to beat him, he said I was going to outstrike him. I remember that. I don't know if you remember this. And he said, you're going to finish this guy. I said, John, this guy hadn't been finished in eight years. You get the fuck out of here. You crazy old man. And dude, at, I remember by the time I left, he had me convinced that I was going to, not only was I going to beat this guy, I was going to wash this guy. I mean, it, it's crazy because he, you know, he is a crazy old man, but he's also a guy who's been in the room and watched like he's, this is a guy from the moment I started, I didn't start wrestling until I was in like the fifth or sixth grade uh, the, the moment I started wrestling, he showed up to every single one of my wrestling practices in college. He showed up to every single one of my, I'm a fucking college athlete, like national champion. This motherfucker's driving two hours and showing up every day at my fucking college practices. Like it's embarrassing. And even now full grown man, here I'm in the UFC. Like he's still in there. Super bust, supportive. Busting my balls, watching practices, you know, and that's what he likes to do. He wants, he watched the UFC, but what he really likes is coming into practice and watching sparring. Yeah. And he'll, I've seen him break people in that room before too. And get people beat up. He will. Well, he's, he likes to stir shit, but he'll, he'll pull the best out of people, you know? And it's, it's, uh, he likes to watch, he likes to get me beat up. He, he does his best Same. to do that. I think, I feel like he's always against you and I coaching. Whoever. Never once cheered for you or me ever. No, no, it's, it's fun though. Cause he, but he has a lot of fun and I will say this, man, he, he was away for a long time. I genuinely missed having him in the room and he's, he's, a. I I I can't even, uh, I can't even tell you like I can't pinpoint why, but he's fun to have in the room, man. Like he he, I think it's because his outside influence. He's always talking, but he actually knows what the fuck he's talking about too. Well, and he genuinely loves the game. Like he loves the game in the sense that he's he's in practice watching it every day, not because he's bored, but he wants to do it. Like he, and he'll say some outlandish shit, like oh, guaranteed, like out like I'll never I'll never forget this. Like he'll just say like James. I, I don't know much about much, but I think that you would knock Francis and Ganu out tomorrow, you know? And like, he'll tell me that for a week straight. And like, after a while, I'll be like, you know what, John, I will knock that big motherfucker let's call, out. Let's call him up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he'll, he'll make you believe shit that you don't believe. And that's what he, like, he tricked me into, into believing I was way better than what I actually was, you know? And I, I wish I, I wish I had the confidence in myself that he had in me, you know, at, at one point he's uh but he's great to have in the room. And I feel like he's a, uh, he's your biggest critic too, for sure. You know, and that's, it's, I think it's, you guys have done such a great job of, of working uh, together and, and, uh, well, and as supportive as he is, like a lot of his shit, it's like negative, negative re-encouragement. Like, you know, that's why like when shit's going well for me or shit's going bad for me, like I do better when like, you're getting in my ass, not like, oh, oh, hey, you know, you need to kind of, yeah. you know, how you feeling? Like, if you come in between the corner and ask me how I'm feeling, like, we got a fucking problem. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I like, I need you to tell me like how yeah. I'm feeling, what's going, because that's how I was, you know, I was raised. I'm 
had somebody fucking telling me what to do. And like, I do better when I have that. How, uh, how would you describe your upbringing? Do you think that's influenced the way you fight? Yeah. I mean, so from like up until the fourth grade, I was like a street kid. I, I lived with my mom. She was a drug addict. She, uh, she lived on the child support that my dad sent her. Like she would have never let me live with my dad because he pretty much paid for me. One of that check. Yeah. And then like my grandfather told my dad, you want that kid act like you don't want him. So my dad quit, quit trying to get me. He started, you know, he got a girlfriend, he started partying. And then my mom saw that and she was like, Oh hell no, you're getting this yeah. kid. So then she went to send me to live with my dad. And at that time it was so hard for me because I was, I was in the fourth grade and I could completely take care of myself. Like, I would stroll in at three or four in the morning and my dad would be all upset and I'd be like, chill dude. Like I'm good. I've been doing this, man. We're good. And I know what time school is. I got my food already. And like, but then, you know, he realized like that's, that's sad. That's That's a problem. Yeah. it It was a big problem. And that was the biggest adjustment for me was letting somebody care enough about me to, to give me a schedule to make me actually do something. And like, man, kids crave that. I know I did like having, cause you know, people that force you to do shit, they actually care about you. Yeah. And that's the same thing with MMA. Like, I had coaches and stuff like guiding me in Vegas, but nobody was like taking the fucking the 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 damage of really saying, "Hey, like holding me accountable." Yep. And like that's the culture at our gym here that we have in at Glory that I don't think uh, I don't think is natural a lot of places, and I don't think a lot of places would be able to handle because it's hard having somebody you know in your ass as it, an adult. It is. No, it is. I mean, it's it really is, and I think. The, the 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 problem is is a lot of people I get a lot of guys that come in that want to that tell me they want to be in the UFC and like I only know one way to get there man and it's we've got you know 20 30 guys that have been in and out of the UFC and like it all comes from a certain schedule they're on accountability and you're right man there's not a lot of grown-ass adults that want to be held accountable for the, the thing you know if you tell me listen if you say hey I want to be in the UFC I say okay cool I put X amount of athletes into the UFC through this schedule, through this training at this time. Uh, we do this, 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 this. And then you say, okay, I want to do that. I agree to that. And then you go back on the agreement. That's where I take issue with that. It's like, don't tell me you want to be in the UFC. And then you're not willing to, I just had an athlete tell me that we, you know who I'm talking about. Cause yeah. I just busted his ass in practice the other day, but he called he's me good. in the office. He is, he's really good. He called me in his office says, Hey man, like I want to, you know, I want to be in the UFC. Okay, cool. Like, there's two things you're missing. It's like you need to finish fights and you need to be consistent. And then the fucking next day he doesn't show up. And it's just like, dude, like, and that still doesn't guarantee your success. No, but it certainly helps. Like, but don't waste my fucking time. You don't waste your own. Go ahead. You know what I mean? But don't, don't waste my time. Don't pull me in my office. I got shit to do. You know what I mean? And it's just, you're right, man. Not, not a lot of uh, individuals want to be held accountable. That's the biggest thing is accountability. Well, and I had guys like, and when I first got here, I was so excited and people would message me like, Oh, I want to come train. I'm like, yeah, man, come on. Yeah. Come on. And then like, now the room is full and we got so many guys and people are hitting me up and I'm like, nah, nah man, that's probably not a good fit yeah, for you. <laughs> I don't think you'd like, like it's, you know, these guys are in your ass yeah. and like, you know, if you're, you're late, if you're late, they're going to fucking hit, they're going to bust your balls. If you, if you're not, you know what I mean? Like you're not wrong. And it's for me, it's easy. Cause yeah. I, I need that. I need to, cause I know I don't fucking know. Like yeah. if there's anything I know, it's that I don't know. So I need somebody to tell me and like, but again, that you got to take yourself out of it. Like you got to take your ego out of it. And for, for Gina and I, it's easy because we don't want to take on that role. What is, uh, I always get, I was in, in intrigued by guys that have been doing this for a long time. Like what, uh, how long have you been fighting? When was your first fight? Fuck, I have no idea. I was in the UFC in 2012 was my first UFC fight. 
2006, 2007, 2008, something somewhere like that. There. So you're 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 pushing 15 years. What does uh what does like describe what a day after fighting like after you're done you're happy with your career and I I, I want to dive into this with you I really do. Oh, after, how much time we have? Yeah, we go. Okay, I want to dive into this because so so first answer that like just describe a day to me of what your what your day looks like after fighting completely done fighting yeah you're done no training no nothing uh oh no so yeah no you're not you're not competing any career wise career wise um, yeah. i guess it would really just depend on how old my daughter is and if i had any more kids uh, i always said like when i was done fighting like i would be done with fitness and done with exercise and just be lazy um i doubt that i could do that but i figure at some point I would try to like retire and get a real job. Like I've never worked. I literally, I went four years. What kind I, of job would you get? Maybe like a PE teacher, something yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Because I, again, I used to want a whole bunch. You of can't kids. sit at home all day. No, no. You and I used to something. want a bunch of kids, but now like I think part of it was I just didn't enjoy the person I was in a relationship with, and I loved my daughter so much. I just wanted a bunch of that. Yeah. But now like I'm with Gina, and like I love spending time with her. Like I don't necessarily want a bunch of kids. Yeah. So uh, I feel like a job working with kids or something would, would be cool. But, what about uh, coaching? Man, I, I I just, I don't think I have it in me. I see what no? a selfless, like, I see how much work you put into it and how. You don't have to be a head coach. Yeah. I see assistant I could do. Yeah. Um, I just, man, I get wrapped up in it. It's, it takes, it takes a lot to be a, and some coaches can go in like half, half footed, but I did a little wrestling program for you. And it was yeah, too, like, was I literally like, it was too hard for me because I could coach these little chubby kids that never wrestled before and then go with them every weekend and watch them get their face rubbed in the mat. And like, it was devastating for yeah. me. And for them, they didn't care because they'd never lost before. Not a big deal. Yeah. But like I was taking those losses with those guys. And that was at a little league peewee wrestling level. Yeah. You taking losses on a big stage, you know, or especially a loss. Like when I took with Matthias and we uh, made a decision like you got, and even though that was my decision, nah, I know you, you're going to have to live with that for the rest of your yeah, life. And like, still, it's still, I got PTSD. I don't think shit. I got the nuts for that. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know if I got it. You got to get on the emotional roller coaster every weekend. Right. It's tough. It is tough. That's the, and I, I will say this, I've gotten way better about, uh, I see some of these coaches. It, emotionally, like, I don't think I can handle it. Like, well, there's like, there's guys that I respect in the game. Like my, my coach, Mark, uh, Henry Hoof, um, Crouch at MMA lab. These guys, uh, they're so good. The one thing that I, I am envious of them about is they're so good at uh, compartmentalizing those feelings. And they and, and it's not in a negative way because I've seen I've seen some coaches that are they just don't care. And they're like, oh, we lost, no big deal. Like, that's not these guys. These guys want to win and they're competitors, but they won't allow uh they won't allow somebody they won't allow. Uh, they won't allow a failure this weekend to dictate a success next. A loss weekend. doesn't take a chip off the block. Correct. The foundation stays the same. And they're what? so good about that. And I've tried to. I've, you, we've talked about this before. We, See, I fucking melt. I can't, <laughs> I can't. I try to give myself the weekend. Right. I, I say this in practice. You give your, you give yourself the weekend to laugh or cry. But on Monday, it's back to work. Right. And that's fucking hard to do sometimes. It really is. But these guys, these vet coaches, that's one thing that that they are just noticeably good at and not in a bad way so there's there's coaches that don't care that they lost that's not these guys right. you could tell they care and they wear it but it doesn't dictate what happens to them tomorrow or even an hour from then and see i think that would be a building block to being a good coach and that's just one of those things that i know and not only do i not have that with like the emotional things that happen in a fight like it's hard for me not to carry my own emotional shit yeah on you know on my day-to-day -day. like i love coming to practice but if i'm having a bad morning like 
people can obviously tell people are like, Oh, are you all right? Yeah. Like, why? Well, because you're fucking frowning, dumbass. Like you look <laughs> you look sad. And I have to like, you know, make it a point, like, hey, man, yeah. like, can't let this shit carry over. But that's just me trying to get myself through the day and and coaching a big group and a lot of people, and which you coach a lot of guys, yeah. but I also know you have an emotional connection oh. with a lot of these guys. It's hard for me to co- coach somebody that's like, I'm friends with these guys. I'm not like, dude, I'm not your coach. I'm your friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's difficult for me to and I, I do feel like that's a a good thing sometimes. Like, dude, there's obviously people that I'm we've been friends for damn near 15 years. You know what I mean? So it's like it's at least 10. So it's it's like I can't even say I don't I don't think I've ever told anybody that I'm your coach. It's ridiculous for me yeah. to even say like I'm your friend and it's just, it, you know, obviously I have to, I have to coach an athlete here. So I do try to separate that emotionally, but it's not fucking easy. And especially if we lose, like I take more responsibility for it. And it's, I just, you know, it's, there's that emotional connection that sometimes is difficult to chop, you know? And, yeah. uh, well, especially yeah. somebody like Gina, like you and Gina became really close mm-hmm. and like Gina is such a hard worker and puts up such a heavy schedule and her diet is yep. so crazy. And you see all this work and all this time and all this effort that she puts into it, aside from the emotional connection, like to see somebody give it their all like that and then go out and lose yep. and like have to take that on top of it. It's like, you can go and do everything right. And still it doesn't yep. pan out the way that you want. Like, I'm just, I'm afraid I would be one of those guys who hiked up in the mountains and off myself. I just don't <laughs> think I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't think I got it. And I get why that that's happened. You know, yeah. it's. It's, it's a, tough. It's a lot. It's it's heavy. When you're dealing with fi- fighters and fighters in general are emotional yeah, wrecks. And, I mean, know. well, they all are because if they weren't, why the fuck would they fight for a living? Yeah, they you know get I mean? a real job. So, okay, so let's talk about uh, life after fighting, potentially coaching uh, some type of education. You're not just going to sit at home. No. I, I know you can't. Gina wouldn't allow that anyway. No, I no. told her that's what I want to do and she like, you can tell it like they caused her emotional stress when she thought that I was just going to be sitting at home all day. What do you think uh, for these guys coming up? Younger guy, maybe he's in his 20s, early 20s. He's on the regional scene right now. Like, what do these guys need to do? What's What's the best piece of advice you can give these younger kids? Man, it, it, there's, there's really no secret and it's so hard and, and this is, uh, I learned this from Robert Follis and, and he passed away but so many people are so they, they throw the term loyalty out there. And like, for me, the most important for any young guy would be go find a good team with a good coach, someplace where you have chemistry. And I don't mean somebody who will just take the time, not yes, guys, like a real team with a real coach. And that is hard for people because a lot of coaches help guys get their starts or I've been working with this guy for a long time. And I told Fallas, I was like, and it wasn't about anything particular. We were just talking about people. And I think it started with money and financial stuff. But I was talking about these these guys and he was like, oh, well, their loyalty. And I was like, well, I understand the loyalty. He's like, it's, that's, a, that's big for me. And he was like, yeah, but you being loyal to somebody who isn't putting you first and being loyal to you, like that's not loyalty. Loyalty is a two-way street. Two-way street. Yep. Yeah, man. If you're being loyal to a team and taking losses just because they've been with you for a while like and they're getting paid, like that's not loyalty. That's you being stupid. And like, that's the biggest thing for me is go find a good team and a good coach somewhere where you fit in. And, and find a chemistry because if you do that, like you can, you can literally make it, anybody can make it to the UFC. Like MMA may not be for everybody, yeah. but everybody is for MMA. Like anybody can do, if, if I can fucking fight in the UFC, anybody can like given the right circumstances. I don't know if I agree with that, but <laughs> yeah, I, I do understand what you're trying to say. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I do, I, man, I'll say this. I know, I know we're getting, I know we're getting fairly close to, to wrapping this up, but like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking for my, myself when I say this, but MMA to me has been uh, so much more than a sport. It's it's kind of like 
I don't want to take anything away from my, my dad. Cause he's obviously he's a big part of my life. And, but like MMA to me kind of forced me to grow up. It was almost like a, almost like a father figure teaching me life lessons along the way, teaching me what heartache looks like, teaching me what hard work looks like, uh, teaching me, uh, how to be tough. Disappointment. You know? Disappointment. Fear. Uh, understanding that that just because you work hard doesn't mean you're going to win uh all these life lessons that uh that uh, a father would would teach his son you know my, my i just wasn't raised around my dad you know we were he lived in virginia most of my life and i lived here we, we see each other once or twice a year i love my dad it's just we weren't uh like super super close growing up uh cl we're closer now than we've ever been and he's uh become super close with my kids which is amazing he's a great grandfather we just weren't uh, overly close growing up. So the sport for me gave me a lot of life lessons that a father figure would, would show his son. And, uh, God dang, man, it's, it's, it's made, I'm getting chills just saying this, but it's like, it's made me into the man that I am today. And it's, it's hardened me. It's hardened me. That's the, that's the biggest thing. It's hardened me. Like I'm, I'm insensitive to a lot of heartache now because of this sport. I'll agree with that. And, and on the opposite end, like it's, it's helped me become a better, better father as well because of all that. It's as much as it's hardened me. It's also like helped me like realize that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to like be injured, take some time off rest. And like having these good coaches, like so my whole life, I've been blessed with good coaches, wrestling, yeah. MMA. And like that has helped me with, uh, with the dad part, like, you know, with my yeah. daughter, like it's, that's, it was, you know, being a, being a father was, is really scary, but, uh, I was prepared for that. Like I've been in scary situations before. So I remember we had this talk. Uh, I remember we had this talk at, at, at one point and I think you were telling me you were nervous and like, I know I've had this talk with like a, a couple different uh, to be dads and it's like, bro, I've, I've, I've seen people with much less than you uh, doing much shittier in life. Be good parents. You know what I mean? You're going to be fine. And I know like somebody told me that and that was, it actually made me feel good. I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> You're right. So I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'm okay. So yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to, to take care of a kid if you love it. Yeah. It's, it's, um, there's the, it's, it makes it the, the best thing that I could say about having a kid is the best and the worst. Maybe it's like, you no longer, you no longer live life for yourself. You live life for somebody else first, you know? And, and uh, that, that helped me with the MMA portion because before I was doing well, it, it's easier like, for you. You're a giver. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and I was fighting for me and it was, it was all fun and, but it was easy for me to say, fuck myself. But to when Sterling got on picture, it was like, okay, now you really have to do something or, or you're going to go get a regular job. What's Sterling look like for you? Like 10 years from now, what is it? Does she, does you want her to compete? Like, do you like, what does that look like? What do you, what do you want for her? If you're, if you have a magic wand, boom, what do you, what does she, what does that her life look like? You know, it's, it's hard right now because I want to like, I can't force anything on her. Anything I've tried to get her to do, like she steers away from it. But then the one thing I didn't want her to do was jujitsu and MMA. Well, that's the one yeah. thing that she's gravitating yeah. towards right now. So, um, you know, it's not that I don't want her to compete. I would like her to compete in something. Um, because like I said, if, if you put all your time and effort into something, you're going to be good at it and you can get paid for it. I would hate for her to put all her time and effort into fighting and, and have the heartaches and struggles that we do for that kind of compensation yeah. to whereas if she was a professional golfer, and she could be a yeah. hundred in the world. She could be, you know, well off and nobody's hitting her in the head. Sure. So, uh, I'm going to try to push, you know, music, singing, uh, golf, yeah. volleyball, fun sports, something I could do when I'm older less with her. Less brain damage. Yeah. Yeah. And not less crying. Like I don't want to watch <laughs> yeah. her cry. And 
we get enough of that. This so, sport is filled with heartache. Man, man. good lord, I, I can't imagine even uh, like like uh, Chris Brennan and Lucas Brennan. Uh, Lucas is like an up and comer in Bellator. They're in right now in our gym. And uh, have you trained with Lucas Hill? He's a fucking beast, man. He's a he's a monster. I think he's like three, four, five and zero in Bellator. Younger kid. He's like twenty. Is that whose dad old. was? He taught yesterday. Yeah, yeah. He so, yesterday. I, so I haven't rolled with him, but I know who he is. Chris is an OG, bro. He's an OG. I think he fought in Pride. He's been around the block, yeah. man. Uh, and he looks like Fallis. He does. And sounds like, sounds just, just like him. Just like Coaches him. like him. Yeah, he, he does. He, he does. Like everything he coached was just like him. He does, man. He does. Uh, but I can't, I can't imagine not just coaching my kid, but he's coaching his kid who's fighting at a high level too. You know what I mean? And uh, that's that's extremely unique. Uh, I can't imagine the emotional roller coaster of that. I think Lucas is undefeated, so that's that's good. You know what I mean? That helps. Like, yeah, that helps Winning a lot. Makes it easier. He's good. He's a good wrestler. They come from a wrestling family. Good wrestler, slick submissions. He's got a nasty, nasty front headlock game. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, I can't imagine what that's like for Chris to to coach his son on a regular basis. Well, when I tough. corner Gina, like I, I literally I get so nervous. Like I don't say anything. Oh, I'll, I know, man. It's you say something and then I'll repeat it. But not nothing, nothing organic comes in my brain when Gina's fighting. I just yeah. repeat the shit that you say because yeah. I'm a. I'm a fucking mess. You're a mess like, in there. You are. It's it's great. It's great. It just shows how much you care though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's well, it's hard because I try to stay away a little bit because I don't want her to feel my nerves. But then I'm like, if I stay away, I know she's such she a thinker. It. She'll be like, Well, where's he at? What's yeah. he doing? I'm like, I yeah. just don't want you to feel what I'm feeling. Yeah. And uh, I can't have that. You have that with 60 guys. Like it's, it's that's why I said I have a fucking heart attack. To coach at a high level you got to be willing to get on that emotional roller coaster every weekend. And it's not easy, man. It is not fucking easy at all. It's tough. And dude, like uh, this last weekend I was in Vegas. I was in four cities in one day, four cities in one day. I went from Vegas, 8 a.m. flight, Vegas to San Antonio. So, cause I coached Joe Holmes yep. Saturday night. One ugly beautiful high knee. Yeah. Ugly man, Joe, beautiful, beautiful high knee. Uh, I'm really glad he got that win. <laughs> that was a great testament of watching somebody like work hard and, and improve. Uh, uh, Sunday morning, a flight from Vegas to San Antonio. I was in San Antonio for like six hours, coach Masio. Uh, and then there was no direct flight from San Antonio to Kansas city. So I went from San Antonio to Dallas and then Dallas to, to Kansas city. I landed in KC at like 1.00 AM. Didn't get to bed till 2.30 AM. Had a private at nine, nine 30 coached at 10 on Monday. And it's just, that's what you got to do. You know, I just don't think like, I want to retire after fighting to something relaxing. That doesn't sound like a good. It's retirement. not relaxing. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good retirement plan for me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. But you, that's it's your fulfilling. Passion. Yeah, and that's your passion. Like, yeah, it's fulfilling. And right now, like for me, like fighting is still my passion, and that's a scary thing. Is like, other than fighting and Gina and Sterling, like those are the three things I really care about. So yeah. I'm gonna have to figure something out. Yeah, it's and dude, you'll like I'm I'm uh I'm intrigued. Obviously, we have you know we have some fights left, to, but I'm I'm. I think like a lot of the guys that you and I came up with are starting to, they're starting to become like a graduating class yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like we have the younger kids, like the freshman class, but there's a graduating class coming up. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, everybody's on the, like the guys that we came up with are all on the tail end of their career. And that doesn't mean that they're quitting this year or next year, but like, you know, I can't imagine you fighting another yeah. five years. No. You know what I mean? Like there's more, more behind me than there is in front that, of me. And that's what I mean. We're on the, we're on the backside at yeah. least. So, uh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't, I, I can't imagine, uh, I can't imagine that, you know, so it's, I, it's, I'm very intrigued to see how people transition to life after fighting, you know what I mean? And it's for me, I could never, I would never want to get the sport out of my blood. I don't think, you know what I mean? It's, 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 a, it's been a part of my everyday life for 
15 years now. Well, that's the thing is like, I still see myself being at the pro practices and like, I want to do the Eric Marriott thing where I'm still going to come in because I want to fight. I like to fight. And I know eventually if I'm not fighting, it's going to, that's going to spill over somewhere Yeah, and I don't want it to be at the bank or the DMV. So man, you say this, I don't think you're going to be able to, I, I, I yeah, they're going to have to, able. they're going to have to fire me and then pull me out of bare knuckle for being too old. And I'm going to be that dude. Like, <laughs> I think you're going to want to be in that gym, man. I think it's in your blood. I could be wrong. We'll no, see. It, you know, we'll it for see. sure is. We'll see. You know, and I think, I think you'd make a great coach too. You, you bring a lot of great insight, maybe not being the number one guy, you know, cause I don't, I do think you wear that emotion uh, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're an good. emotional guy and that's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. And then, uh, but you, you are heavily invested in your, in your athletes that you've coached. I've, I've seen it firsthand. Uh, but dude, I think you make a hell of a wrestling coach, a hell of a grappling coach. Like you have a lot of great knowledge and, uh, I'm, I'm whenever we decide to be done, I'm excited to see what life looks like after that for you. Well, that's exciting for me too. And, and that's another great thing about, um, I need to keep bringing up the gym, but like, moving here for Gina and I was, was a big transition, but that was another thing with, with Gina and like her getting her loss. Like she was just so worried, like, what are you going to do after fight? And then like, she didn't even want to think about after fighting. Cause she thought if she thought about after fighting, like that was her saying like, I'm done fighting. And no. she doesn't want to be done fighting. But literally since we've gotten here, like we've worked on our, our taxes, we're working on our LLCs, getting yeah. our S corp, getting properties, like yeah. got Airbnb in Las Vegas. Like you guys are crushing it. But that was, that, that all just happened from like, you know, you're coaching us in, in the MMA, but also like helping us with this, this life shit that was like, again, we're, and we are friends, but yeah, that's, that's been a, a, that's the whole team is on that board. It's not just like the information for everybody on our team is out there for guys that need help. If, if they need, want to receive it, if you want to receive it. Yeah. And I don't say need financial help because it's not financial help. You're going to have to do it, yeah. but there's, there is help. There's tips. There's, and yeah. like if these guys don't grab it, that's on them. But I know a lot of the guys are, and I, and I'm seeing these guys like, I'm passionate about it, man. Like we've talked about this many times. Like one of the, there, there's guys that I watch every weekend. Uh, it's just, you could, you could tell that they're not going to have much after, after fighting, you know what I mean? And, uh, there's, there's, I don't want to say there's anything wrong with that. Cause, cause really we're after happiness. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, Waking yeah. up every day and, and happiness. Now, dude, you're the type of guy there's very few people. There's very few people that say money doesn't. I'm, you know, money doesn't uh, make me happy, or like money isn't important to me. There's very few people that I believe that. But I, I do believe that when you tell me. That. I think if I put you in a shack in the middle of the woods and your daughter was taken care of and shit like that, you would be more than. You don't need a lot of money, man. Like it's material things don't do much for you. No, and it's uh, it's getting more so. I don't say it's getting more so to where they are important, but like the further I get away from fighting, the more that that is becoming important yeah. because I, right now I have a source of income. Yeah. If the one thing I'm really good at isn't a source no more, well then, then that starts to become a, more of a bigger issue. But again, I have, there's, there's sources out there. Like we, we, we got, got a whole, two, you have fucking two degrees, man. And You're we a have a whole dude, network you know? of, of guys. Like that's the cool thing about MMA is like, I've been this whole time I've been in the UFC. It's not just been fighting. I've been networking. I've, friends yeah. like i don't say friends in high places but well you do though my friends and like that is like I, like with the money situation i've not cared about money for so long like if there was ever a buy there's 10 guys i could call and ask for money 100 they would give it to me yeah they also know i would never call and ask them for money but if i needed it it would be available yeah i mean but listen man there's 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 the you're you're doing a, a great job you guys you crush that airbnb that you, they have an airbnb in vegas that is absolutely beautiful Gina did a ton of that work in the middle of your fight camp last last camp, and she did looks, the floor. She remodeled the whole house. She did the she whole did, thing. Yeah, it looks amazing. It looks absolutely amazing. Somebody trashed the house living there while you guys were here. 
but anyway, it looks amazing. That is such a, a good, uh, even if it, even if it doesn't cash flow, it's, it's somebody else is paying your note down. Right. And the house is taken care of as an Airbnb. That's a big thing. The tax advantages that you guys are getting. It's, I mean, it really is a a great move. And, you know, we've talked about doing some, some stuff recently as well. Uh, you've got a monster deal on the house that you live in now. That's worth, I mean, six figures, probably more close to it, more than you pay for it. I mean, just stuff like that is, uh, you, you've done a much better job even in the last, you know, two, three years than you had in the last 10 prior. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, I think that's, what's important is like replacing that, replacing that income whenever life outside of fighting starts is replacing that now rather than waiting right. and you're like, Oh shit. Cause that's what I see a lot of these guys do. They're like, Oh now what? Yeah. Fighting's over. They wake up one day and it's just like, Oh fuck. You know, they don't have shit. And, uh, you guys have done a really good job of that. And both of you, like you said, you have, you have so many connections now that, that, uh, not only, not only the connections more so than the money, but the, but the ability, the opportunity, yeah. the connections of opportunity for you to do other things, mm-hmm. you know, to, to build with other people, to be a part of other people's stuff. Uh, you Outside have a really good real thing. estate connection in Vegas. That's yeah. he's awesome. And a friend, he's helping a lot of, a lot of guys out, uh, in, in the same situation as I am like, Hey, we have liquid cash, but yeah. Also my taxes or whatever, aren't that great. But again, it was one of those situations where it was, I wasn't really prepared to, to, to get that. That was all Gina. Like she crushed that place. Yeah, man. She crushed that place. So she picks up a lot of the slack. <laughs> that's man. That's what a good, a good woman will do for yeah. you. So, uh, dude, it's been, uh, it's been cool. I know I'm obviously we've been friends for a long time. So, but I, I think it's, uh, pretty cool to get to know like the, the other side of you, your daughter, Gina, all that good stuff. So, man, uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, man, it was fun. Let's do it again. Yeah.